Tarapa lava everybody, I'm here with the beautiful Seely and um, we're doing a podcast and we're also recording so we can upload to YouTube and Facebook so uh, people who don't have access to Spotify and iTunes can access our conversation, our amazing conversation we're going to have, very respectful too, very respectful conversation we're going to have about a very sensitive topic in our island nation that we treasure so much which is Samoa, the island nation of Samoa. So before we begin, please introduce, us, introduce yourself. Yes, thanks uh, Tima. My name is Sili Miritsafkita. I um, was born and raised in a beautiful South Auckland um, in Manurewa, the paradise of Aotearoa. Um, I, went to other, yes, houses. <laughs> I went to other Rewa schools um, and then met Tima when I attended uni. Yeah, we did. We, and that was in 2010. Oh, we met you. Yeah, yeah 2010. And um, I think we might have caught bus together yes, at we some did. point in life. Yeah, because we're both Southsiders. I used to be Otara hard, now I'm Rewa hard. Um, <laughs> so that's something we have in common. But I just wanted to say thank you again for meeting with me and to talk, uh, to do this podcast with me to talk about a very sensitive topic, a very serious topic. I think it's a topic that we should all be aware of as Samoans and that we should all, all do our bit to um, try and prevent from happening. And I know that it's something, I know that as young women, not just being young people, but also just young women, our place and our families is kind of definitely. it's definitely not our voices wouldn't always be as strong as like as opposed to a male member yeah. of our family we need to acknowledge that but still I think these conversations need to be had and this awareness needs to be made so I want to thank you again a huge Whafatei lover too I, I don't want to fuss out more because she's going to kill me all the time. Like, but um, yeah thank you thank for you. making time and I really appreciate it um, just tell us a little bit about yourself like um, what are some things that you do for fun oh diffs. Um, so I not only am I um, working full-time for the uni, mm. but um, I also am a full-time volunteer um, at our church. So I attend the Manukau Methodist uh, Parish in, um, just behind Rainbow's End. Um, so we have a car wash also on Saturday. If you're not doing anything, <laughs> please come by. Get to the car wash support. Yes, yeah. please do. Um, when I'm not out and about, I love being at home, so yeah. I'm the other stop five, and um, just spending time with my siblings, because they are quite young, um, is really important to me, and on top of that, I have like a sideline passion for Siva Samoa. Yeah, I know, so, yeah. Yeah, just, I, I've, I really want to try and um, learn how to Siva Samoa properly, I think, like, so my one of my best friends, she's so, actually my best friends, my best, best women friends are all Tongan, or yeah. one Samoan. But man, my Tongan friends show me up when it comes to the Super Samoa. There's just something about them. Yeah, no. So my goal is like, when it comes time to my wedding, I'm like sorted. I can do it properly. Which village do you come from? Um, so I come from Le Auva'a, That's where Dad's from, and then Mum's from um, Luffy Luffy and Guabeks, uh, the beautiful Lalavanu. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, yes, no, both the best nice beaches. Mm, okay. Um, I actually had this fun question when I was doing your questions. Um, yeah. I try with with anyone when I do their questions. I try and tailor it to how um they would respond and to see if they would respond in like a really funny way. So I'm. Um, did you see my coconut tree question? Oh yes. Yeah. So here's my question for Celie. Some of you might find it silly. I find it quite fun. Um, if you were stuck in a coconut tree, and you had to call one friend to come and help you down, who would you call and why? So I had to think long and hard about this one. Seriously, <laughs> because my friends love to sleep. And so if you know, you know. That's not my friends. That's Gaia, man. I don't know who I'm for. Um, Lome Agnes Leo probably still be resting. Um, I'd probably, as long as around um, my close friends from church, would probably also be sleeping. <laughs> so I'd probably go with um, Daphne, who is... 
um, not only someone who doesn't sleep much, yeah. but she's one that um, could come and rescue me if I was deserving Shut anywhere. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shout out to... Shout out to Daphne. Does Daphne go, go to uni? Oh, no, Daphne from school. Yeah. Um, she's actually pursued a different path. Oh, and she, um, she, she wasn't at uni no, when we were there. Oh, okay. Now I've got another Daphne in my head. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. That's good, just because, but can Daphne climb a tree? Yes. Can Daphne put our ladder together? She's, she's the fit boyfriend. Oh, okay, good, yeah. good, good. I need to follow her then. She's I the need that. I'm like, I'm like, because I'm off to Fiji soon, and I'm like trying to count down the days. I'm like, okay, I've got this much to lose. Five kgs, not working. She's definitely, honestly. Yeah, you yeah, You probably yeah. see her one tree, her riding up and down, up and down. I admire that. Yeah. I admire, go, yes. go you, Daphne. Um, well, let's go straight into your topic because it's a really, really, um, it's a tough topic. I remember we, thank you again for meeting with me. We actually met a couple of weeks ago and had coffee because I was really nervous about tackling this topic. Um, and I wanted to make sure that when we address it, we address it in a really, uh, whaloalo way. And so thank you again for making time to do this. Uh, when I did tell my mum and dad that I was going to do this topic, they were like, Le <laughs> like, like, for pizza, you know, it's yeah. like, oh like, you know, yeah. and it, it was a big no, faikala, you know, don't, you know, don't, anyway, but, um, because I didn't know what Matai Fale meant, yeah. and okay. when I mentioned it to my dad, he was like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, they were okay about it in the end, and luckily we were able to pray about it, and, um, really do it properly, so, and, and frame the questions in a really good way, yeah. so, Let's talk about a topic. What is it that you decided to study, study. for your um, master's? Got you. So um, in 2018, I pursued a master's of arts in Pacific Studies at the University of Auckland. And we are encouraged to pursue topics that um, not only will add to scholarship and the literature already available, but yeah. also um, something that you're passionate about pursuing. Because when it's right here um, within, then it makes it that much easier just to yeah. um, write about, study about, um, read about, and so forth. And so um, Incest in Samoa was born out of uh, voluntary work that I did over a summer period um, back home with a, an NGO, a non-government organisation. And um, already the term when it's translated in Samoan, which is mata ifale, it's a term that carries indescribable shame, um, mata meaning I, E towards Fale the home. So Mata Fale already carries um, a derogatory uh, burden um, or negative connotations that that almost um, defer people from speaking about it. And that goes as well within our homes and natural conversations. It's something that's steered away from. Just how you said telling mum and dad about this podcast. Yeah. Um, I can totally relate to that because, you know, our experience experiences are just similar yeah what's well speaking of our experiences yeah. being similar what was it like for you when you told your parents can you tell the story about how um your parents found out about what you were studying oh gosh yeah. <laughs> man um so i so was the title of my um thesis in the end mm. and so um Prior to master's, there's this program called dissert um a paper called a dissertation where you're encouraged to um write before mm. you start the master's program and um I just had matai fale there on our kitchen bench, um at home you know just it had just been graded so I came and I just left it there went about did my thing at home, and it wasn't until dad got home from work and um the first thing he saw was um matai fale just written, um probably size 30 on an A4 sheet of paper, and he's thinking, 
what is this silly that you have brought home? And I was like, oh, Dad, that's my um, research topic. That's what I'll be writing about next w- were year. Were you excited about explaining that to him? Yes, I was. <laughs> because, you know, when it, it's... For me, it's a safe space. Right. And, and for me, I felt safe to, to say, like, this is what I want to study yeah. and this is what I want to be writing about next year. Um, and... His reaction was, like, is that your business? And who are you to go and write about all these things that don't even, like, affect you? Yeah, yeah. And so that's the nature of these conversations at home or, like, within um, not all Samoan households, but... Um, I can speak for my own. That was it within my own home. And then um, even going back to Samoa, having to tell my grandpa, like, oh, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, and just ensuring that they knew what I was up to right. and um, just aware of mm. what was going right. on. Yeah. And what was your reaction in Samoa? Oh, it was the same. The same, yeah. yeah. yeah so be. grandpa just, he's not a man of, like, he's a man of very few words. So he just sat and... Um, just like had to take time to absorb it because it wasn't something that he was expecting. Talk to us about um, when you were volunteering at this NGO. We won't name the NGO yeah, for yeah. safety. Um, talk to us about um, what the moment when you when it triggered you to, to study a topic like this. Like did someone approach you saying, my dad had done that or my mom had done this to me, my brother had done what, what, Did someone open up to you or did you witness someone pregnant? What was that like? I hear you. Yeah. Um, I'm I, trying. I'm so, it's so hard to like... <laughs> yeah, but we'll do it. We'll get it done. Yes, yes, we will. Um, I started off in like the first three to four weeks. So like the first month I was at the just the reception. I'm um, taking inquiries or taking um, details on the phone such as name, number, village, where can we reach you um, or how else can we contact you. So it was just initial... I was just the initial point of contact. So nothing of substance. And I kept hearing reference to shelter. Um, oh, we can refer to, to the shelter. We can refer this individual to the shelter. And so shelter was often coming up in conversations. And so I asked if I could please have, um, like, the remaining few weeks um, at the shelter. And it wasn't until I went into the shelter and I put names to faces or put the files that I was doing in the previous weeks um, connecting those to the faces of actual people and actual children as well within um, Samoa that I realised the realness of this issue, realised the sensitivity um, of this issue and how real and sobering it is back home, like that abuse is happening. And when you have young siblings um, and then you see someone as... When you have a young sister and you see someone as young as her, um, pregnant to her father or to her brother, it's... It's there. It was that moment for me that I realized the realness of this issue of incest. How, how do these how do these young people or just people in general because it's men and women, eh, you know, young boys and young girls that are suffering from this. How how do they how do they open up to you? How do they share their story? So it wasn't. It like, can wasn't, you give us an example of when yeah. they sat you down and said, "This is what I this is what happened in my house on Tuesday night after housing or whatever." Yeah, I yeah. Hear. So I'm really grateful for the NGO for giving me the opportunity to sit in to these sessions. Um, so it wasn't a natural conversation like, "Oh hi, like, 
tell me about yourself. It wasn't that easy flowing. Um, I started off just as um, assisting the teacher. So um, if she needed extra filing done, if she needed um, someone to read to her students or someone to take the road, and that's where I'd step in. And then it was because the shelter is on the same land as the school. And then it wasn't until I went to the shelter, like the actual homes of these children, and just um, like seeing them, speaking to them, then soon realizing um, what they were victims of, um, and then building the relationship. So first off was the relationship much before um, knowing what had happened to them or right. where, which villages they come from. Right. It was more of like, hi, I'm Seely, like, what's your name? Yeah. And then it started off there. Yeah, didn't the, I think when we, was, we met up for coffee, coffee a couple of weeks ago, um, one of the kids asked, oh, is that your dad? Oh, you're lucky you've got a good dad. What, I mean, mm. how did that feel for you? Yeah, because so yeah, I, I don't know, I, I'm very blessed as well to have a really good dad, like, any, like yourself as well, so... You're so right, so yeah. it was um, after probably my first week there, the, sh- the kids there at the shelter must have noticed that um, I had a routine, so um, my dad would drop me off and my dad would pick me up, um, and then they asked, is that one of the young girls I used to look after asked if that was my dad and I said yes yes that's my dad like very proudly um, yeah, yeah you know just like yeah that's my dad um the one that comes to the front of the gate yep that's him and so it was her response that sort of stuck with me and it, it continues to stick with you these little things um she just responded saying oh wow you're so lucky to have um a dad like that yeah. and you know it's it's those little things that I sometimes took for granted um, and then you realize the realness of these issues and the experiences that these children have had um, that changes your perspective and fuels you and it fueled me to um, pursue this topic and research it. Talk to us about what the abuse looks like so, for some of these kids without names, without villages, without churches, just in general. What does the what does insist? I know that it's when you know it's sexual acts towards family members, but what's happening in Samoa. I think that's what people yeah. really want to know, and myself as well. Incest in Samoa is um, defined by the Samoa Crimes Act as sexual connections between two persons whose relationship is that of um, parent and child, grandparent and grandchild, uncle and niece, or auntie and nephew, um, and brother and sister. And it also extends to cousins and foster right. um, relationships as well, foster uh, siblings or foster children. Um, and so... That's the definition that it goes by in the Crimes Act. But in our homes, mata ifale, um, I towards the home, it can mean anything from, um, you know, your brother and sister or someone who may not be blood related but stays with you for um, a period of time, then becomes known as family. And incest in Samoa, so ninety eight percent of our population in Samoa, according to the most recent census, yeah. um, are affiliated to a church. And so even with that um, fact, or with a village, every village having a church, at least one church, um, you will notice that sexual matters or um, furthermore sexual violence issues are never or rarely spoken about or spoken out about in homes. So for one to come forth, it's a huge, um, it's a huge thing to do. It's a huge task to overcome. 
And what I found during fieldwork was that many reasons why victims of incest don't come forth is because of things such as shame, is because of things um, such as fear of ruining the reputation right. of um, the offender or bringing shame to the family or even disbelief. So a lot of um, our young women will turn to a trusted adult and where there was no absence or where there was a trusted adult present, there was a huge disbelief in no, like why are you lying? Um, don't say these things, imagine the repercussions. And so they're forced to silence that abuse and um, deal with it. And it wasn't until majority of these victims became pregnant right. to the offenders that then um, people would speak up or then the matters would be taken to the police. Yeah. And that brings me to my next question. Now I'm wondering about what the process is like when the family member, the, 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 the offender is convicted What's the process like? Do they go by the courts or do they go by the ifunga? Do they go by Fasama or do they go by the Western yeah. way of dealing with things? So it's it's sort it's of, both. of both. Yeah, and it's it's a case by case um, situation. What I saw in the cases that I was able to research were that um, ifunga was taken into the role of sentencing. Right. So ifunga um, would minimize or take time off the sentence. Um, but wouldn't completely forgive the person. Mm -hmm. And what also I found interesting during this time was that um, the victims were never present right. for the ifunga, yeah. so they were mm -hmm. already in the care of the shelter by that time, um, and the ifunga would take place within the family, um, within their own village circumstances, not anywhere else, of course, but um, the victim wouldn't be there for this process. Right. And so... Like emotionally and psychologically, I'm not sure how our victims um, could react or respond to these ifunga within their absence, but the law deals with those who come forth and um, in saying that I, I am aware that a lot of victims of abuse still haven't come forward and um, are still within the constraints of their own homes. Right. And that's really sad. And I think that's a really unjust way of doing things. Like, that's my personal view. Like, if you're going to do ifunga without the person there to lift the, the fella, I think that's, that's really tough. That's a really tough thing to deal with. How many of these victims have family members that, that support them? Because, you know, you talked about shame before and how they don't really want, yeah. to, want to, to ruin the reputation of their own family as well or, or their father or whoever that, that's offended them. How, then if they can't do that, then how else do they support? So, right. Not many of these victims um, continue on receiving family support. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them probably only come into touch or come into contact with their family um, whether they're at the court cases, um, so within the constraints of the courts, but not many of them have that support thereafter. There are a few that um, do manage yeah. to go home safely, or go back home um, under the care of another trusted adult, yeah. but not many of them. And so um, a recent trip home, I noticed the shelter is actually, um, has grown in numbers, yeah. um, only to show that victims either do not want to be returning home, or these young women 
um, are actually quite happy to stay within the care of the shelter or their families have just completely cut ties with them. Yeah, we will go back to that, how we can, here in New Zealand, how we can support support the shelter. Um, but I want to talk about how you addressed this issue towards, if you have, towards any leaders in Samoan yeah, and what the experience was like for you. Because I couldn't imagine going up to a Whaiwhiao or even a Bakele being from local Pope, I could not go up to a Bakele and say, this is what's happening, this is your role. Da da da, da be like, we're being of Hulalo. You know, who are you? Why are you alone, mate? You know, that's the other response you'd probably get. So, naturally. Um, naturally, yeah. yeah. So, what was it like for you being Mifkisi or to be a Faifiao? What was it like for you um, talking about this openly um, for a Faifiaos to receive this information from yeah, your study? Definitely. Yeah. So, one of the recommendations I wrote um, in, the, in the Masters was that. Um, our church leaders have such a strong influence mm, within mm. Samoa and within our um, church homes or church members' homes. Um, you know, our members of our families take our church leaders, their words for, for taken. So, like, um, we'll take their word religiously and their orders religiously as well. Um, Timo, back to your question about taking it back home. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to present to now have presented twice back at home. I presented once at the Samoa conference, and that was um, the section of findings of, so like an update of Insistent Samoa from 1900s to 2016, what it looked like and how it's developed. Um, and then most recently to um, our principal and his good lady of our theological college. And so um, both those times, um, they are open to listen. And open to the responsibility, but I have received um, some criticism around some church leaders just uh, not believing that it is their responsibility to take part in addressing sexual violence in Samoa. Which I disagree with. In that, yeah. yeah. Um, so for those of you who aren't Samoan and have never experienced any conversations that happen in Samoan culture. Generally speaking, it is, if you're not a chief or an elder, then your voice is not as strong. So, mm. And if you do talk to someone and, they, and you respond back, it could come across as more also, it could come across as back chat. So what was it like for you to respond to those comments about yeah. those refugees saying that it's not their responsibility, which technically, respectfully, it is. But what was your, how did you respond to that? Um, I just responded through the fact that 98% of our population in Samoa are affiliated to a church and that that was the most recent at the time, most recent census finding. All our church leaders have a platform yeah. already, yeah. so they have that church um, and they have their church members. And so I had responded to this minister by saying that if you could normalize this conversation conversation around incest or furthermore sexual violence or just violence in general, um, imagine how natural it would be for a victim to come forth yeah. or how easy or how much easier it would be for her or him to come forth and be like, this is what's happening in my home. Yeah. Um, my parents or my elders hold you in great respect, can you help? Yeah, absolutely. And so it was yeah. just about bridging their relationship, like being not only being more accessible, 
but just being more approachable yeah. to these issues of yeah. violence and these taboo issues that we so often um, steer clear of. Yeah, and this is not every faith out. Like I know of my, my uncle being yeah. a faith out in the Methodist Church is so amazing. You know, it's just some people who might not be as open minded, but like you said, there are faith out that have taken the, yeah. the the feedback on board and are doing their bit to to better their church community, which is awesome. Yes. So just just for those of you who are non Samoan and thinking all faith out, no, it's no, not the case. Never. Just there are some. There's some that are very incredible. So, yeah, thank you. I just want to commend you for for addressing, for sharing your topic um, in front of our respective faith hours and, and our respective leaders um, because it's not easy. You yeah. know, I, I couldn't imagine. I can't even fuss out what properly to save my life. So, for you to, to, to be able to do that, I find that very inspiring. So, thank you for doing that. Because not only that, you, you know, you're, you're representing some women, but you're also representing the voiceless, these young people who don't have that. Yeah. Um, what was the reasons? Did, did you ever find out the reasons behind why these offenders abuse their children or their, their family members in this way? Yes, so um, that was a huge part of the findings mm. in that offenders... Because it wasn't just men and, no, it was men and women, yeah. so it was their son. Yeah. So I try and stay clear of um, specifying which genders, but um, offenders of incest yeah. um, in Samoa would usually offend intoxicated, so they've either returned from um, an other night or a village drinker or a seba, or, um, a seba yeah. yeah, as natural as that is, um, or they turn elsewhere for the sexual gratification um, because, I mean, most of them, majority would blame, of the 76 cases, 30 would refer to blame, so like she could, because she walked in front of me Sulu mm -hmm. She sat with her legs folded and her ear was high. So that languaging, that shifting of the blame to be the fault of the victim for the rape or for the incestuous act was um, common or was a theme in the findings. Yeah. Um, other reasons were there were no other adults in the home. So... Um, just because there were no other adults in home, they would then do this. And then technology. Yeah, so for, our younger, yeah. for our younger um, offenders, aged from 21 to 29, or 15 to 29, their age group was um, this access to pornography sites and access to um, technology that had these resources on them that would then trigger them to want to try these acts and then the closest to them being their younger siblings um, or younger nieces, nephews, would be the victims of these acts. Right. That's really tough to take in. Yeah. And that would be, and that's, and that's a really sad reality, and I think that... It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking about it, like, all my cousins in Samoa, and not just in Samoa, it can happen anywhere. Yeah. You know, even here, like, I see all my little family members always on their phones. Yeah. And it's like, what on earth are you looking at? You know, uh, I'm not going to just say it's just the little ones. I know adults thought too, but, you know, like, but it's it's really, really sad. Yeah. It is really sad. So you mentioned before um, mothers, when we had coffee, you mentioned yeah. how some mothers were just absent in the home. And when you asked the little boy, what was your mom, what does your mom usually do? And she said yeah. she was always at housing, yeah. church, and we're asking them, Kuka. Yes, back yeah. another home. Yeah. Another home. Do you think that do you think that there's um there's like a, a pattern for women that, that abuse? Do you think that women have there been many women who have been abusers as well? 
have been like, abused. Yeah, did my question make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when in the cases where we saw the women as offenders of incest, yeah, um, that was because the father was absent from the home, right. or because there was no father in the picture. Mm. So, um, and the turnaround or the shift to that or the um, counter to that was that when we saw our fathers, uncles, grandfathers as abusers, the mothers were usually um, or at bingo. Yeah. Um, and so the absence of the trusted adult or the absence of the mother from the home had some of these effects um, on their just on their Oh, okay, cool, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look again, yeah. Okay, was that a good question? Yes, or was yes. that Okay, good, good. Yeah, Can no, you start that good. again? Yeah, cool. Of course. Cool, done. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's usually, yeah. <laughs> so I just answer again. Yeah, answer. Can I start again, yeah. Um, so for victims um, who were, so for offenders who were um, males, um, you would see in those cases that the mothers or the trusted female um members of the home were usually at bingo or bisi meriluku, so just um, outside of the house. Mm. And then for the cases where we saw the females or women as um, offenders, it was because there was no father in the home yeah. or no father at all in the lives of the children. Right. Yeah, that, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to respond to yeah. this. It's the first time I've ever been quite speechless on a podcast. Like, usually I've always got something to say, but that is all I can say right now is that that is very sad. It and is. now I want to know how we here in New Zealand or anyone that's listening in Samoa or anyone that, uh, that is feeling touched by this podcast, um, how do we support our family and friends in Samoa who have no voice, who are going through this type of abuse? a really good question um i would take it back to that normalization of conversations right, yeah. um and if you just see something that gives you that little off feeling speak up and yeah, ask yeah um i know that in samoa and in our homes it's very natural to to steer clear of these conversations but what i saw or what the research had shown me is that it happens where it's least expected right um and that you know it can happen in the home of a high chief yeah. and it can happen in the home of an orator mm. a home of an untitled behind man. the paper yeah. you were saying like, before like yeah. anywhere one of the cases was exactly that it only happened at the shower outside and it's it's not something that's natural to the eye but I would take it back to that normalization of conversations whereas that um, when you're back home when you're visiting or um, even for our listeners in Samoa, just ensuring that, you know, you create safe spaces regardless of where you go because you never know who was a victim of such abuse. Yeah. And also f uh, find a way, I would say, like, just being like, a, I'm not saying I'm an expert in the topic, yeah. but I would say that I'm experienced in framing conversations and kind of finding what works for you and trying to find mm -hmm. out the information without sounding fake Allah. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way of doing it, whatever works for your family. So, yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah. I guess don't be afraid to bring up those topics. Yeah. But, <coughs> but also... Sorry, can I not? Um, okay. Yeah, but also, like, I like to think that, nah, that never happens in my family. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I think, no, my family in, in Lukufanga and Lefanga, no, they're perfect. They never, that doesn't happen. Yeah. That's the other families, not us. 
Um, and now just hearing your talk, like it's opened my mind so much more that I just don't know what's happening behind mm-hmm. closed doors. Um, so to my Swanee family that's listening, you better not be playing up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that's cool. Thank you so much. I've got my, one, one, one of my questions that I've got here that I'm reading was um, how would you advise us someone to talk about abuse, sexual abuse and rape in our families because it's such a taboo topic? And I mean, how do you talk about it in your family? Um, I haven't... So it's not something... Obviously, it's not dinner conversation or it's not a dinner topic <laughs> or a cooking topic. Hell no. <laughs> but for me, it became natural in talking about it because they saw how passionate, yeah. if I can, yeah. um, about this topic I was. Um, and so every time we go back home, I do encourage my siblings. So our recent trip home, we did take a... Um, trip over to the shelter and just mm-hmm. took little things like just Falawa. bread, yeah. milk, yeah. Um, little things that they can they can use um, and have for that time being, um, because believe it or not, your little gifts will go a long way, um, and I've seen like the increase in in volunteers, but also the increase in some churches. So we had, um, I saw Malua Theological College, which is the college for um, Efakasa in Samoa. Um, visited the shelter a few weeks ago so just seeing those um, opportunities arise yeah. um, you know it's the shelter it's not um, an open thing but you are welcome to inquire um, if you would like to visit or drop in or even just volunteer there while you visit some more yeah um, but again just normalizing that conversation yeah. because that's and finding what starts. works for you yeah, yeah it is the conversation yeah it really, that's why it's so important you can make some real good connections definitely through, through conversations so thank you thank you for that what do you suggest oh well i would really pretty, pretty much answer this question what do you yeah. suggest um someone can do to help in sexual abuse so obviously it's going to our leaders. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the only way, unless you want to get a hiding for speaking up to your yeah, elders. There's just a way, like, I don't think the Balangi way of speaking up is ever going to work for Samoa. Yeah. And I don't think people should expect the Western way to work. We have our own ways that I believe we should always stick to, yeah. which is Fatloalo and leaving it to the Faithful Owls and the, the Makais to deal with that. And maybe, I don't know, am I, I mean, like talking, am I, am I, am I no, crossing yeah, the line? No. There's, there are other ways, okay. like, you know, so yeah. in addition to our leaders, yeah. um, there are roles that you can play. Yeah. Even as, an, like myself, an untitled woman, um, I would also encourage, um, where was I going with this? Also encourage it to, to not be of natural conversations between yourselves, but yeah. um, just having an open forum. Yeah. And... Oh man, that makes me nervous. Yeah. Just thinking about it, I, I don't think I could ever speak up against. Yes, but someone. what like what there has also been an increase of is grassroots education. Right. So um, that's when the NGOs do go out into the rural and urban villages. And they do like workshops and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen yes. some, which is really good, and I will link that in this um podcast. Definitely. Yeah. And then the avenues that are already created through um the leadership spheres so approaching it in that way um and approaching it of course through getting your work out there and just making it known yeah that this is happening yeah is it happening behind your closed doors yeah do you think it was easier for you because you had a platform because it was incorporated into the university of auckland incorporated into yeah. it's, it was a study it wasn't just you getting oh, the stories yeah. of these families and talking about it do you think that that made things easier for you it did make things a whole heap yeah because that could inspire someone else to definitely fill the void like where you haven't covered they could reach in exactly. yeah going through academia, academia yeah. would be a good way to do it. it it would be 
um, even when I was at the courthouse, I it was there hard to get the cases because they're already um, short staffed. So at the Ministry of Justice and Courts yeah. Administration, where yeah. they hold the files um, of these incest cases from '67 to 2015. Oh, um, that's a long. Yes, long and it's a massive archives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so much love for archives and to my supervisor <coughs> who. Um, Salisa, who introduced me yeah. to um, archival research, but I, like even through there, even going through the university team, it had its um, boundaries there, so right. I couldn't go and up here and be like, hi, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm a master's, <laughs> <laughs> and I do this, so you got to show me this, yeah, it was, it was, it's never, it was right. never like that, it was more of, okay, where can I, assist you so that you can assist me yeah, and yeah. so like with the distribution of things like yeah, yeah. um so buying Kmart chocolates yeah, every time yeah. I went back yeah like building the bar building that the, way. yeah yeah because cool. the bar you know as we negotiate our spaces so and our relationships don't come here they'll be like don't come here with your western entitlement okay thank you why are you risking <laughs> yeah. and, and that's what it was it's mm. building the relationship that way and then um being able to to meet at the same level and then um being taken to where the files were because yes I got access through the university but mm. there's no way I'm going to get access to those cases from a short staff team um, and just getting in there like because you needed to be supervised right. I couldn't go in by myself right. I needed a yeah. member from the right. team that, fair enough yeah yeah, yeah. man but that's that's really I think you, I just want to thank you like that brings us to the end of our podcast if mm-hmm. I'm truly honest because I don't have any more questions and that's usually a good thing that means you've covered your topic really well so I don't have to keep digging in there yeah. um, but I just want to say thank you and um, I admire your bravery and your courage to address Likewise. this topic because um, well, as someone women women are a small island nation but we're very hearty you know you think Matamatonga is hearty no no we're legit <laughs> <laughs> we are legit Samoa more Samoa um, and I remember I was talking because again like my best friends are Tonga and I was talking to them about doing this topic and they're like you're such a hearty Samoa like I legit am <laughs> yes um, yeah. I think we all are and I was yeah. like people die for Samoa you know like yeah. if you look at our history Samoa or Samoa like yeah. you know our history is legit like we actually did you know exactly yeah, and no shade to anything else. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just want to thank you um, again. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so much. I think Samoa is really important. Um, and I think that regardless of whether you're born and bred here or born and bred there, I think we all have a duty to go back home because I'm here in New Zealand, but I, we, I think we all have a duty to go back home and serve our island nation in whatever yes. way we can. Definitely. Yeah. And even like within our motto, Fa'awai le Samoa, even within that, it differs the thought that things like this happen mm. like Samoa is founded on God yeah. Samoa is founded on God but there's all these things happening yeah exactly yeah. was it founded on God mm, that's a big debate but I believe it was mm. <laughs> yes, that's, that's another, another debate do not come for us that's, a, that's another podcast for us <laughs> anyway but thank you so much thank you to those of you who are Thanks. listening do you have any um, inspirational advice for anyone who is um, partaking study in Pacific Studies oh yes in, like postgraduate study or just um, in general in general yeah yeah um just keep going. Um, you know, so many of those who have come before us have pursued these paths. Yeah. Hang in there. Yeah. Fa'amalo, see fi now, awolifiu. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.